The internet has changed us as humans, and it's changed our behaviors. We seek out our news on web pages rather than reading newspapers. We stream music and video content almost nonstop, binging TV shows for hours on end. We even stopped calling one another and instead prefer to send instant text messages to friends and family. We live in a pretty weird time, but to me, nothing is as weird as the Wild West world of eBay and collectibles. My name's Josh Taylor, and you're listening to my podcast, Modern Mouse, a look at the less magical side of life through the most magical lens I know, the Walt Disney Company. In this episode, I'll be examining why we believe collectibles have value, and in particular, the specialty popcorn buckets that are sold at the Disney parks worldwide, and why people are willing to go out of their way to get their hands on them. We aren't diving into the dark web, but we might as well be. The online world of collectibles can get dark. And for a hobby that should be fun and leisurely, it can get downright cutthroat. About a year ago, a friend of mine reached out and sent a text message. At the time, I was living just a quick drive away from Disneyland. My friend lives in Sacramento, California. It's about a six-hour drive minimum to Disneyland. He had just read that Disney was going to release a new Star Wars AT-AT popcorn bucket. And like most of Disney's specialty popcorn buckets, they were limited. So he asked if I would go to the park when it opened and buy him one. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I really, really love Disney's like popcorn buckets. They, their molds are actually really cool. And so when I saw it, I'm like, I absolutely need it. And I remember like messaging you like, yo, would you be able to pick me one up? That's Albie. He's part of the No Midnight Media crew that does a podcast called Theme Park Pulse. They really love Disneyland. And Albie really loves Star Wars. What I like to do with popcorn buckets, I like to repaint them and just display them with all my figures and everything. So when I saw that, it actually was one of the bigger scales and the other AT&T model, ATT models that I have. So I'm like, yo, I need that. Before handing it off to Albie, I made sure to take it on Space Mountain for research purposes. I wasn't going to go all the way to the park and not ride anything. But when Albie finally did get it, he actually repainted it and put it on display in his home. And honestly, until he got it from me, I had it on display in my home. It's over two feet tall and quite bulky. It looks more like an actual model than it does a popcorn bucket. And Albie's reasoning for having this popcorn bucket is purely for his own enjoyment. But there's a larger group of people out there that aren't just buying in for the simple pleasure of displaying a prized possession. Well, I see people all the time that, you know, buy the popcorn buckets and not even put the popcorn in it. They just buy it to collect it. Um, I mean, there's 
different facets of what people collect. Some people like to collect it and sell it on eBay, but some other people just like love to collect popcorn buckets. I actually saw a Facebook group that was just about popcorn buckets. Yeah, it's just, it, I mean, it just depends. Oh yeah, Facebook groups. If you have a hobby, there is a Facebook group for you. And these groups aren't just sharing pictures of their displays. These people are seeking buried treasures and will stop at nothing to find them. And beyond Facebook, there is, of course, eBay. eBay launched in 1995, and the first big craze to attach itself to the buyer-seller underworld of eBay was Beanie Babies. Forget the Tower of London and the changing of the guard. This is the real reason why Americans want to visit the capital. The Beanie Babies, the latest toy craze to hit the States. So why, you may ask, are Americans arriving by the plane load to snap them up in London? Well, it's because supplies are running desperately low in the States, because they're only sold as limited editions. Goldie! We don't have Goldie! Yes! Beanie Babies showed up on store shelves in 1993, but took off during the Christmas season of 1995. The Thai company that owns Beanie Babies created a supply and demand enterprise with many kids and collectors even traveling the world just to get their hands on exclusive stuffed animals. And if you couldn't afford to travel, you could always find Beanie Babies on eBay. eBay was such a big Beanie Baby market that they even have a webpage guide on how to sell and buy Beanie Babies, what kinds of tags or markings to look for, and how to price them. eBay was built on the backbone of these little stuffed animals. But it wasn't the only thing people were collecting from the new internet site. I collect Avon LB dolls, and the story is it's just the beauty and the era that the dolls represent that are appealing to me. Despite the unnatural talking pattern, that's my mom, Laura Taylor. She's been collecting Mrs. Albie dolls for years now. And thanks to eBay, she spent countless hours online and thousands of dollars on these porcelain dolls. And they represent the Avon Company, which started in 1886. If you're not familiar with Avon, they're a company that sells cosmetics, and their first saleswoman was Mrs. P.F.E. Albie, who they named the dolls after. These saleswomen go door-to-door -door selling cosmetics with their one slogan. Avon calling. Take time out for beauty when Avon comes calling. Use Avon Cosmetics and you'll be enthralling for a pleasure-filled break in your daily routine. It's time to take time out for beauty. Avon calling. Mrs. Albie may have been the first Avon lady, but the company now boasts half a million representatives selling their products. You might even know a few that hassle you into buying their mascara or body lotion or scented candles. My grandmother used to have an Avon lady come to her home about once a month, and she would tell her about all the new products. And through that, my mom learned about these Mrs. Albie porcelain figurines. Since 1973, top sales representatives received these figurines as a gift. There was no money exchanged, and they were never sold. A new version of these dolls has made its way out each year. Each one wears a grand Victorian outfit, sometimes even coming with an accessory. 
Um, my very favorite one is it's red representing winter and she's pushing a sleigh. My mom's love for these dolls started before the online world of eBay, but once she knew she could buy them on eBay, she got into it even more. Um, my first full collection came from an antique store and there was probably about 10 of those at the time. And they were about 20 bucks a piece. So that was $200. And depending on how old the dolls are, they retail anywhere from like $10 up to the re most recent one is about $150. So I um, just kind of keep an eye out on eBay for the dolls that I don't have. And when I find one, and it comes down in price, I go ahead and purchase that. My mom currently owns 39 of the available 45 porcelain dolls that are out there. Again, these figurines were never meant to go on sale. They were meant simply to be awards for a great year of sales from a representative. And they definitely make my mom happy, but I can't help to think that the market wouldn't really exist without the internet. Let's get back to Disney again and their popcorn buckets. I actually took my mom to Disneyland two years ago for Halloween. It was her first time at that park in over 15 years. And since it was Halloween time, the park was pretty crowded. As we were heading to the Haunted Mansion, she asked me about a line that had formed. It was probably about 100 people long, and the line ended at the New Orleans Square popcorn stand. New Nightmare Before Christmas popcorn buckets had just come out, and people were willing to wait up to two hours in line to get them. That's when my mom noticed that the park had changed. Thanks to social media and the fast-paced news on websites and blogs, Disney Park visitors know right when something new comes out. They know where to get it, and they know that there will be a limited run. Social media has caused a serious problem with a funny acronym. FOMO, or the fear of missing out, is driving people to spend more money, not just to keep up with the Joneses next door, but to keep up with the rest of the world. To that, a new report out this morning by Credit Karma uh, has millennials, and of course, sometimes they like to be slammed. FOMO, fear of missing out. 50% say that they spent money and went into debt just in order to keep up with their friends and not be left out. And I'm talking about things like going on vacation, weekend trips, dinner, and drinks. How does this fit with uh, crushing student debt levels? Is, is there the suggestion here that some students are struggling with their debt because they're, they're going on vacation with their friends? Well, you know, it's interesting. I do think student debt is one of those things that allow you potentially to get the job that you hope to right. get and the income or any potential down the road. It's going into debt to go out with friends. Or in this report that says 30% spend money at least a few times a year so that they can post it on Instagram. Um, <laughs> you know, it's a real thing out there, though. There, it is a keeping up and appearances. That Bloomberg I, I report hits hard when you talk about Disney. In 2007, Disney's theme parks worldwide garnered 115 million visitors annually. And by 2017, just 10 years later, they were getting over 150 million visitors. Of course, new parks and new attractions have helped boost that number. But what can't be ignored is the power of FOMO and social media. 
Current reports in 2019 show that the most Instagram places on Earth are Disneyland at number one and Walt Disney World at number two. Included with that is the exclusive merchandise you can only get at those parks. And merchandise is a huge deal in the Disney fan community. And there's no bigger park for merchandise than the Japanese resort, Tokyo Disneyland. Uh, I am Alicia, and I'm Miss Alicia M on Instagram. I do mostly like fashion, merchandise, and like, I guess, food on my story for Disney or around Disney. Not Alicia Me <laughs> is a Disney fan that lives near the Disneyland Resort in Anaheim, California. She frequents the parks and is able to take trips to Walt Disney World in Florida and Tokyo Disney every now and again. She told me about a woman who reached out to her on Instagram, a near stranger, asking her to make purchases on her behalf while in Japan. Hey, I know you're going to Tokyo. Let me give you a list of everything I want and I'll mail you a loaded up gift card and that way you can pick it up for me. Not asked me. It was almost like she was telling me and I, I like, you know, I try to be nice at all times, but I was like, I felt like saying, take your loaded up gift card and buy yourself a plane ticket. You know, like, are you kidding me? Yeah, I've only met her once in the park. She came up and said hi and took a picture. This level of FOMO has led not just to online eBay sales, but to an entirely new business of people calling themselves personal shoppers. Disney personal shoppers aren't affiliated with the Walt Disney Company in any way, but they exist on Instagram or in Facebook groups. You can ask someone to make a purchase for you at the parks and they'll mail you that item for a small fee. It's like if Amazon was just one person and they were getting paid under the table like some kind of illegal drug dealer. Alicia told me that she's never been anyone's personal shopper, yet she continues to get people sending her messages on social media, asking her to make purchases for them. I asked her how often this happens. Anytime something new that's going to be really big um, gets released. So any kind of popcorn bucket that's not your standard, you know, like circular popcorn bucket. If it's, you know, a character shape or something like that, I'll get asked multiple times. I get asked for pass holder merch a lot, which I don't know if they don't know the rules. But, you know, when you buy your pass, you sign a contract and it states, you know, you're not supposed to sell pass holder merch and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, I get asked for the buttons that get released at like food and wine and stuff like that. Um, or if they do like special pins, you know, for the pass holders or D23 members, I get asked if I could pick those up for people. Um, and it's always like, hey, you know, if you haven't gotten yours already or you don't want yours, can you pick one up for me? So, you know, the that Disney annual pass holder code of conduct was somewhat of a joke until recently. Disney had turned a blind eye to the resale market of their most sought-after items, but during the holiday season of 2018, Disney started revoking annual park passes from people they found purchasing too many items only to sell them online. But this crackdown for the online black market isn't going to be stopped. I mean, how can it be? It's gotten too out of control, and Disney will never be able to tell who's at the parks to be a personal shopper, or who's an avid collector versus who's an avid eBay seller. 
On top of all this, you have collectible scammers. People trying to replicate a prized item, pawning it off as the real thing. As for Disney fans, there's nothing more replicated than Disney pins. Dan from the Instagram account Disney Keyholders explains. Disney basically will have a uh, make a run of a pin. They want only 300 made of that pin. After they after oh, that's that rare. yeah, so after the, after that manufacturer runs that pin and they make it, what they'll do is somebody at the manu like somebody at the warehouse who knows like how it ends up. They'll take that mold and they'll go to another place no. and start and start counterfeiting the pin. And so what they'll do is they'll change the back the back of the pin, just a few like lettering or wording differently, even even the back of the pattern of the pin, because every Disney pin is like there's like a certain pattern that yeah. they it's like Mickey heads that go on the back of this pin, and some of those some of the some of the stamps will even be off you know like running off the pin like it doesn't look right so again if you are an avid collector or you somebody that knows disney pins, you'll catch on quick you'll catch on quick but if you're wow. somebody that kind of doesn't know and and there are some scrappers and fakes that are so well that sometimes it could even trick a trick a good collector you know so yeah you, so just be on the lookout pay attention to the detail yes especially if you're going to be investing a lot of money but even if you're not investing i can't a lot put of money, all the blame on ebay their sellers the scammers or the personal shoppers I also have to blame the buyers. As an entire society, we've accepted this resale market of collectibles as normal because we're so afraid of missing out. We've allowed sellers to make this reselling of items their full-time career. We've given people the idea to replicate items because we're willing to shell out so much more money than these items were ever worth. As humans, we were willing to create a corner of the internet for the sole purpose of exchanging money for rare collectibles. But is that a bad thing? There are definitely people breaking rules and laws in order to make a few bucks, but as a society, we must not think it's that bad, right? Because we aren't putting that many people in jail or stopping eBay from allowing these sales. Regardless of whether or not it's good or bad, it'll keep on going and people will continue to create new ways to buy and sell collectibles, whether they're pins, Avon figurines, or popcorn buckets. show i just want to give a shout out to my mom laura taylor thanks for being on the show and being a good sport thanks to albie madrigal from no midnight media check out everything that they're doing at nomidnightmedia.com and alicia me you can follow her on instagram at miss alicia m they were all great sports and so nice to be able to open up to me if you're looking for more content from me or from anyone else at network 1901 Go to network1901.com for all of the details there. And if you like the show, make sure to leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to the show and rate it. It'll help us spread the word about Modern Mouse. And until next time, thank you for listening and keep on moving, people.